mic check. Everyone got one. What's your opinion? This is the rare room. Tongues won't be bitten. Ain't no rules. Just spill it. And anybody can get it. No limit. We get to kill it. You tuning into the thrillers. And no, ain't no stopping. No. Any topic. Even the random. Friend. I hope that you ready. We entering in the zone soon. We on a grown shit. Welcome to the rare room. room. What's up, y'all? It's your boy, Hilliard Guest, and you are listening to the Screenwriters Rant Room, where we keep it street, we keep it opinionated, and we keep it what? One. Oh, sorry, I was sitting there. Hell no. 100. Did you hear that? 100. Did you see that, Miles? 100. Did you see that? Because you were slowing it down. I thought I have time to take one more sip <laughs> of water. Why are you going to take a sip in the middle? I'll just do it again. You you because about? I thought I timed it right. Like, he's going to say it. I can take the sip. <laughs> Mouth be ready, What's and then you uh, you didn't introduce me, so I didn't know if I was supposed to talk yet. So I'm, you can I'm, say I'm, just, I'm a waiting, <laughs> but I'll, I'll jump in on the 100. If jump you want. in with All the 100, right, okay, let's do it ahead. again. Okay. <clears throat> so, in the screenwriter's rant room, mm-hmm. we keep it street, we keep it opinionated, we keep it what 100. 100. That's what's up, y'all. Thank you, Miles. See, Miles got sold. <laughs> you got it. Mm. You got it. <laughs> so, on the show, we discuss entertainment. TV, film, music, culture. But our focus is always screenwriting, stories, craft. Shit like that. Yes. That's what we like to say. Mm-hmm. So, y'all hear her voice. It's me. That's my girl. It's me. Who you is. Who I'm, you be. I'm fine. Lisa Bolakaja. I am fabulous. <laughs> uh, my pilot's coming along. Oh, you writing? Yes. She actually wrote some shit. Uh, the book's coming <laughs> along very good. well, too. So, I'm, I'm happy. Good. I'm in a good place uh-huh. right now. Are you happy? And I'm enjoying the brand new TV shows on on TV. Good. How to get away with murder. Oh, uh, Viola. Viola. Yeah. That's what I'm talking about. Yeah, mm-hmm. that shit. Like that they just need they tight. just need to have a brand new. Like you remember they had like the scandal line mm-hmm. for what's your name for clothing, and they had like the um, the admin. Mm-hmm. They need to have one for her because just in just the few episodes I've seen. Mm-hmm. Clothes are slaying. The slayage is high on that mm-hmm. show. And I'm like, I just want to be Viola Davis <laughs> right now. <laughs> I want to be the loose hair on her pixie cut <laughs> beaming out into the world. And look, I thought that was a wig at first. And then the second episode, the wind blew. And I went, oh, shit, that's that bitch. <laughs> I couldn't tell at first. Oh, you know what? It looks fabulous. It looks good. It was mm. too, That's because it was so perfect. I, I know. Was like, it's mm. just like, mm. She's able to show her stuff now. At last, <laughs> the world can see her how I've always seen her. She's so innocent. I know. Sexy. I know. She's sexy. She is. She's sexy That's and that. just. Mm. So, look, y'all hear her. That's yes. Lisa Bullock. We call her the street nurtist, mm-hmm. as you could tell. Because yes. a bitch a little street. Yeah. And she a little nervous. Mm-hmm. That's why. Yes, with my action <laughs> figures and. Don't don't judge those toys in front don't of her. T- you know, don't judge. I know. Oh, are there toys? These in are classic. These are from seminal. Tell the people what you got over there. What you are got? Seminal artifacts. What I call have? them artifacts. Give give us give us a lowdown. I what have you got? my Twilight Zone from the episode. Uh, what is this episode? It's one of my the one that's time enough at last. It's the episode <laughs> when I was nine. Terrified me. Still in the box. It's mint still condition. in the box. Mint okay, condition. Well, I got it from Dark it. Dark Delicacy. <laughs> Shout out to Dell at Dark Delicacy. But what it is, it's the, the scary episode where the dude, he like, he likes to read. He never has time to read. And then it's like this nuclear explosion. And he has all the books lined up. And I thought, what a perfect world I could live in if all of you guys would just die. <laughs> and you got and all the books. I would get all the books. And, li- and then his glasses break. <laughs> Uh-uh. And then he can no longer, and I realize you can't get everything you want, so I guess I gotta live with you people. <laughs> and then I've got Ripley from Aliens with the alien. I named my dog after Ripley. 
uh, Ellen Ripley, and then I've got <laughs> Godzilla. Who does not have Godzilla? It's a Godzilla Bank mm-hmm. action figure. Okay. So and, you put money uh, in it? and my friend Jaretta from Demons, one of the seminal movies where the black girl was the monster, and the monster lived at the end. Mm-hmm. And uh, she's now my from really the good 70s, huh? She's, That's yeah. No, actually, yeah. no. 85. Unlike most oh, other. Oh, okay. 85. Okay. But okay. you know what? 85, it might as well have been the 70s because some of the clothes we yeah. wore back then is like <laughs> trifling. The but only, anyway, only yeah. black character to ever survive the 70s movies. Yeah, you know, yeah. pretty much. Well, Ooh. Well, wait, wait, wait. Take that back. We talking about we talking about horror movies. Or horror Home movies. dude from um, Dawn of the Dead. Oh well, of course. The well, that's the '60s though. Yeah. No, no, no. It was the '70s, '78. The original Dawn of the Dead? No, no. That's Night of the Living Dead. Oh, oh, Dawn, of the, Dawn of the Dead. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And then okay. there was Day of the got Dead. It, got There's it, a got whole it. trilogy. Yeah, yeah. I and yeah, forgot. he did. He he survived and made it. Okay. <laughs> he, he made See how it. we go off on rants? One. <laughs> <laughs> And see, that's why we're going to get into you. Look. So, look. <laughs> on that note, if you grown, let's get it in, y'all. So, we got a really cool guest on here for you guys today. I'm really excited about this. This is, my, this is one of my good friends He's right cool here. He's cool because his middle name is really cool. Yeah. Why don't you tell everybody how you, how you say that last name? I always Orion. Pronounce. Orion? Yeah. Just like the right. constellation. Just like the constellation. My parents were hippies, man. Really? Yeah. <laughs> It they were looking right. up at the stars. They, they were on they were on acid. Uh-huh. It was the stars were coming towards them, so the name stuck. And of course, the first name Miles is always cool mm-hmm. hipster name anyway because Miles Davis. Of course, you know that's course. why they named you after him. You yeah. don't know this, but they were listening to Bitches Brew or uh-huh. some kind of blue or you know sketches of Spain. Something with the blue in it. And they said, "Hey, please tell me called Miles Orion. That's a mm. cool name." That's what's thank up. you. Thank so we got my man. Miles Orion Feld on here. Hootie, 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 who mm-hmm. on that one? Mm-hmm. <laughs> Fuck was that? I don't hootie, know. Hootie, hootie, hootie. That's you. <laughs> hootie, hoo. That's you. <laughs> <laughs> but let me introduce my man. We're talking about writer, director, executive producer, creator. I mean, you do all kind of stuff, don't you? Yeah, I also know how to cook pretty good. <laughs> Are you a cook, too? Why cook you be cooking food didn't bring nothing over? You see what I'm talking about? Nothing. Come over here empty-handed. Nah, nothing. It's too hot. It's too hot in here to eat, man. <laughs> I'm, I'm sweating. There are cool salads you could bring. Some, some cool you know, little things. Mm. Little nibbles. <laughs> I'm so disappointed. Okay, next time, bitch. Yes. Next time. <laughs> so, look. Like I said, I'm really excited to have him on. Um, Miles has a really interesting story for you guys. There's going to be lots of game especially all you TV writers out there. This is going to be TV 101 up to the pros, big time shit. So let's get in. Miles. Damn, Damn big time shit. Yes. Big time shit. Yes. Big time shit. You playing in the big leagues. Are you not playing in the big leagues? I'm playing in the big then leagues. Then that's big time and shit. So, and he's so relaxed He's all relaxed and calm. Yeah. <laughs> well, you have to. You have to be. <laughs> Watch before the end of the show. Okay. Yeah. Watch. He's going to be slamming his hand down and shit. You know me. I don't, I don't know. I'm <laughs> mm. teasing. Mm. So give us a little gist of where you're from, how you got into the game, and then we'll spend most of the time talking about writing and shit like that. Okay, uh, I grew up in a little town called Bolinas, uh, about an hour north of San Francisco. Mm-hmm. We are the only town that's famous for tearing down the road signs because really? uh, we don't want you coming to our town. Really? Like, if you're if you're a tu- if you're a tourist, you're not welcome. Really? So it's that it's un- it, yeah, it's unmarked. Caltrans kept tr- trying to put up signs, and finally they What's were the just population? like they were how, like fuck it. How many people were there? <laughs> it was about eighteen hundred people. Oh my yeah, god! Like nobody. 
Yeah. You know everybody, don't you? Oh, you know everybody. There was yeah. more people that were living in my dorm building freshman year than lived in my whole town really? when I went to college. Yeah. Oh my wow. god. <laughs> like when you go That's back to funny. visit, do you like gotta like put a little, little white rag? Like it's me. <laughs> it's Miles yes. from Twenty Fifth. Yeah. Yes. yeah. I, 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 <laughs> like, I I have let to. Let me in. <laughs> yeah. I like do the secret knock, and they're like, "We don't know you." I'm like, "No, no, no, guys! I grew up here. I swear. I'm a little rusty, I can come in and get a drink." Oh my god, that's one. Yeah, and then they're like, "Miles, <laughs> you have facial hair now." Is that you? <laughs> He's all grown yeah. up. Come on here, son. Come. <laughs> that's hilarious. That's hilarious. Oh my god. Okay, so you grew up there. I grew up there, but um, I've always been a storyteller. Mm-hmm. Um, I would. Uh, I read a lot of comics as a kid. I did, drew a lot of pictures. I would tell my dad all these elaborate stories. Mm-hmm. He'd be like, what's going on in this? And I would be like, these are these type of people, and they're at war with these people, and these people are trying to do this. <laughs> and uh, so he would write it all down on the back of whatever drawing I did, and that was mm-hmm. really where I first oh, started telling stories. Wow. And then uh, I realized that that was actually a job you could get paid for. Okay. Um, <laughs> like all the crazy <laughs> stuff you come up with in yes. your head, mm-hmm. you can get paid like, to why, write that down. Why didn't they tell that like when we were much younger because we all could have been like so much further ahead had yeah. we known sure. that just being a raconteur and telling great tales you can get paid for it my grandfather was like if you like that you will end up being homeless like you know if what? that's what yeah. if Love you want to you want to yeah. stay in your imagination like you're gonna be a bum i wish he had known about you know what papa you were wrong papa yeah. you were wrong okay <laughs> papa don't preach that's what's up so um so when did you finally start actually writing? Was it when you got to college or were you in high school? Uh, I wrote a couple plays in high school. I was in the, the drama program and okay. uh, it's a little nerdy. Um, mm-hmm. But in our school, like being a drama for some reason could make you cool at times. <laughs> so like I, I was to that. I when I got to high school, like there was a bully and then he saw me like in a play mm-hmm. in like a one act play uh, freshman year. And he mm-hmm. was like, all right, you're all right, man. Like, you were real funny in that play. And I was like, only in California. Okay. Like, yeah. If I was in Nebraska or something, he would have been beating my ass after but that if, play. But if he would have messed hilarious. up that performance, yeah. he would have been waiting on you. In your California, ass. he's like, you know what? He can make it. Yeah. <laughs> I'm going to keep he's, my eye on you, he's man. Par- he's he's par- got a future. He's, par- yeah. he's probably some executive right yeah. now. Okay, like, look, here's my car. Yeah. Here's my car. <laughs> yeah, so I wrote a few plays. I went to NYU as a director, I was directing mm-hmm. theater and stuff. Mm-hmm. And uh, I was doing shows for like 20 people wearing berets and I was just like really? this is not my audience. <laughs> See we had Steve Kaplan on <laughs> on the show, one of the gurus and he came from New York and he had one of the biggest, you know, um um beret Broadway theaters. He was against that shit. He was like the alternative type of shit. Yeah. But he was talking he was telling us about all the the beatnik type beret turtleneck, you know. You know what? Y'all need to stop making fun of that because when yeah. I was in San Diego, I was an usher at the um, and you wore a the beret. Civic Theater uh-huh. and I'd watch all the actors and all the great shows and musicals come through and they all had berets and the thing that got me started, I started wearing the turtlenecks and the layers, like the scarves, and in I had San my little Diego, beret in layers. San Diego. Okay. Yeah, but you know what? It was stylish, it was theater. That's what you did. It was professional. Uh-huh. And they all walked in like that, and they had. And I thought that is. The, <laughs> They're all like snapping. Yeah. You need to stop making fun of the berets and scarves and turtlenecks in theater. 
Well, okay. even then, my my first priority was always entertainment. I was always like, we have to entertain the audience first. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, a bunch of 20-year-old artists, they're like, no, the craft. Uh, we have to give our message, and we mm-hmm. want to talk about what's happening in Iraq and all these <laughs> things. And I'm being like, <laughs> no, the first thing is seats. to entertain. Right. If True. they're asleep, they're not going to hear your message. True. And that was kind of made me like, uh, they were like, oh, you don't know what you're talking mm-hmm. about. Mm-hmm. But I kind of stood by, like, if you want to say something, your audience got to be awake. Right. That's number that's, one. What's up? That's game right there. If you want to say something, the audience. And then I was like, I guess I'm woke. supposed to go into film and television because these people <laughs> <laughs> don't care for my Fuck philosophies. This theater shit, huh? <laughs> and your beret is ugly anyway. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, you, so you originally started directing theater. Mm-hmm. Interesting. Yeah. Yeah, I started directing plays in high school. Okay. Uh, we had a cool program where you started freshman and sophomore year as an actor. Mm-hmm. And then when you were a junior and a senior, you directed the freshman and sophomore. Oh, wow. So they kind of, you know, you you had a progression that you went through the program mm-hmm. and you, you learned through experience. Okay. So I started directing plays and then I was like, oh, this acting shit is for the birds. Like, I, don't, <laughs> I like being, I like being, being in, charge. in charge. Yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> And so when I went to NYU, even though I got in as an actor, um, I, I Which switched. Which is to do, too. Yeah. I switched. Mm-hmm. I was, I was, as soon as I got there, I was like, oh, no, I'm not an actor. Like, the first time we did, really? like, group check-in, and a girl was just, like, started just, like, crying and <laughs> just, like, hit, pounding the floor. I was like, I think I'm a director. <laughs> <laughs> I got the wrong schedule, yeah. y'all. Okay. Yeah. Hilarious. I was like, these people are all using this as therapy. <laughs> Trying to get an education. <laughs> That's funny. That's All hilarious. <laughs> so, so what made you finally move out back to California? Did you did you go home first, or did you come to LA? They didn't I actually, let him back home. they didn't let him back yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. I was I was per- persona non gratis <laughs> after I left. Um, no, I actually went to Thailand, really? and I was directing some plays over there in the what? Bangkok Fringe Festival. That's awesome. And. Uh, just because I didn't know what I wanted to do with my life at all. Like, I just graduated from college. Mm-hmm. I had no clue what I was going to do. Mm-hmm. And one of my directing mentors like, do you want to come to Thailand and direct some plays? <laughs> okay. And I was like, anything. Yes, yeah. I'll mm-hmm. jump on that. But when I got back to New York, I was like, oh, now I have to figure out what to do with my mm-hmm. life. That was a nice right. little six-month hiatus mm-hmm. from, ha- mm-hmm. from being an adult. Mm-hmm. Now I got to make some moves. Mm-hmm. Was that your first time, um, like, really away? Oh, well, you you we were away in college too, though. Yeah, yeah. I've been in, I've been in New York for about five or six years at uh, that point, right. and then I was like, I'm gonna move to California. <laughs> um, somehow convinced my fiance to come with me, and oh, we so moved you out here. There. Yeah, we met. Uh, we didn't like each other in college very much. Really. But at the end of college, we got together and we've That's, been together they have ever such since. A cute chemistry here. I love to see you guys together. <laughs> well, thank you. She'll be happy to hear that. <laughs> no, that's what it's cheap. Rather than I, I hate to see them together, man. It's a mess. <laughs> <laughs> you know, you see those people. <laughs> You're just like they really need to break. Now, up. but see, one of the things I like about you, Miles, and your girl, is every time I see Miles, see how he is right now, same motherfucker. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. You know, I love people that are consistent in the who they are and their demeanor, the way they treat you. Anytime I call him, he calls me right back. He's just one of those type mm-hmm. of dudes. So that's, I see why y'all been, y'all been together for a while now. How many, how many years? Nine years. Damn. Mm-hmm. That's a long time. That is a long time. You know, mm-hmm. we get old. <laughs> Starting to get a beard and stuff. Starting to look like a real writer in Hollywood. Yeah. The T-shirt, the blazer, the beard. Yeah. It's like it's like standard uniform. Yeah. The nerd glasses. Exactly. Like all of us. Yeah, I'm wearing the. 
versus mm, okay. you got yeah, the green checks. ones on yes. too, the lime green. Yeah, I had a good. meeting today, man. Did I had it? to break out the green chucks. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> That's what's up. So let's talk about. Um, so you were in film school. No, I was in I was in theater school. I didn't know anything. Okay, about... Okay, you said you wanted to move to the to the, oh you yeah, just moved yeah. to the directing side of oh got it yeah I was di- I was directing plays. I didn't know anything about how to make a movie, wow. how to make a TV oh, okay. show, and I came out here and I was like, all right, I'm here to direct movies. Really? And then everyone was like, we don't give a fuck. So is every <laughs> motherfucker every out here? Dude here. <laughs> They're like, Miles, like, let me show you something. Him, him, yep. him. <laughs> Do you see every guy in this coffee shop? They all are trying oh, to yeah. direct movies. That's true. And so I got some really good advice when I first got out here um, I had this family friend and my grandfather was like call this guy he's gonna help you and he was like a film director and I called him and he was like I can't help you the only thing I can tell you <laughs> Papa's yeah, like the, zero for two yeah, so yeah, far he's, yeah he's like oh did you call him up you know I, I got him and his, I got taught his grandfather how to fly an airplane <laughs> I was like, okay. So I called him and he's like, sorry, man, I got no job for you. No real advice except for, he said, if you really want to direct, then you have to start writing. Because if you just come out here with no script, you know, what do you have to offer? You never directed a movie. You should just start writing scripts and then insist that you want to direct them. And so that's when I sat down and wrote my first screenplay. And I was like, I didn't have the formatting was terrible. I was like, you know, doing that <laughs> hidden space bar a bunch of times and the di- the character, the ca- yeah, on Word, and the character was like kind of move snaking oh, down yeah. the page. Wait, yeah, Were you writing in like the playwriting form and have stuff all just <laughs> mm-hmm. all to the left? Yeah. Just, just, yeah, I didn't know. Mess. I didn't know what I was doing, but I wrote this, you know, it's the first pancake. Mm-hmm. You got to mm-hmm. get it out. And so I got that out and then I was like, all right, now let's direct some movies. People were still like, we don't give a fuck. He be jumping to the top. Okay, it's like, now yeah. we don't do this. He's like, I'm ready now. I got a script. I've... What are you talking about? And then, someone, and then someone gave me the advice like, you got to work your way up, man. That's how it is in LA. You got to right. like climb that ladder. And I was like, okay, so where do I start? They're like, you got to be a production assistant. I was like, okay, so I started as a production assistant mm. and then I become a director. And they're like, yeah. Like that. <laughs> that so... Funny. I sent out about maybe 50 or 100 resumes, mm-hmm. didn't get a single response. Mm-hmm. And I was like r- running out of money. We were living in this little apartment and I was like, this is actually really, really hard. Mm-hmm. So then I sent this like, I changed up my cover letter. I went from like, I'm so professional, you really need to hire me because of X, Y, and Z mm-hmm. and how professional I am to like, I'm hungry. Like I need a job or really? I can't eat. And then I got a call from this hey, woman. <laughs> Never let yeah. him see you sweat. Uh, not all the time, bitch. Not okay. all the time. <laughs> yeah. I was just like, give me a job now, damn it. Yeah. Or whatever I wrote. I think I had like cuss words in my cover letter. Did you really? Yeah. It was I can't take, I can't take these, this ramen and salt packets no more. You guys got to hire me. Yeah. <laughs> and so this woman called me. She's like, have you ever been a PA before? I was like, no. She's like, well, don't tell them that. She's like, you have to be at this address, downtown Los Angeles, at 4.45 a.m. <laughs> my very first downtown first, LA. My very first shoot. Were you on the nickel? Were y'all on Fifth Avenue? <laughs> Please don't say you were on the nickel. We were shooting on on top of this parking structure in the middle of summer. MTV show. My job was to carry buckets of water and throw uh. them down on the concrete, and then almost they just instantly evaporated. And I'd be there with the push broom trying to push the water around, and then running uh. back filling up the buckets. It was like a 16-hour day, my first day on a film set. And I was like, what is this? This is not the theater. <laughs> I was like, you can't wear a beret out here. <laughs> That's funny. Wow. Uh, 
So how long did you do that before you finally got behind the camera? What 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 happened with that? Uh, I did that for a while. Like I kind of jumped around different reality shows, okay. kind of looking. I, I was like, how do you get promoted? Like I don't understand. But I was getting a good education because I yeah. was every shoot that I got on, I would pick a different department. So I would be like, this time I'm only going to hang out with the grips and whatever they okay. need, I'm going to help them do that. Mm-hmm. So like I got to know all the lingos, be, yeah, what everything was. I'd be waiting at the grip truck. Like, what do you guys need? Like, I'll just help you all day. Mm-hmm. And then they're like, all right, carry these stands, do this. And they started educating me what different stands are. And then one day I would just hang out with the, with the sound department on mm-hmm. one shoot. I just did camera and like, mm-hmm. you know, I learned, you know, Lenses yeah, lenses, how to change lenses, batteries, all this stuff. Okay. And they were just like, you just stick with us. And then they were like, you don't have to be a PA on this shoot. Like, you're just going to be with camera department, which okay. was great. That's a bump. Okay. <laughs> yeah. And by the end of that shoot, like, they were like, all right, you can be AC for a day. We're just not going to pay you to be an AC. Hey, you get the credit, though, yeah. right? That's but um, so I was just doing that, just getting a film education because I didn't go to film school. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I... I was working as like a post-production assistant on this show called Lincoln Heights. Oh, yeah. 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 My friend Tracy. Was Tracy used to write on it. Yeah. Yeah. So I was working on that show and uh, I became friends with this guy who was working in the, well, he was one of the assistant editors. And mm-hmm. one day he's just like, come on, let's go sit at this table. And I was like, that's the table with all the stars and the producers. <laughs> and he's like, yeah, yeah, that's my mom. And I was like, what? okay. <laughs> so I went and sat down and, uh, he was his mom was Kathleen McGee Anderson, oh, okay. and uh, I ended up becoming her assistant on the next really? season of the show. And she ended up kind of schooling me in all things TV. Wow, that's what's up. And I basically like when we started the job, I was like, I will be the best assistant you've ever had. Mm-hmm. I just I want to know everything about being a showrunner. And she was like, Well, if you get all your work done, all these tasks, and she gave me like a massive list of stuff. Mm-hmm. She's like, Then the rest of the time, I'll teach you everything wow. that I know. So we kind of made that deal. And on the first day, she gives me this list, like 100 things. <laughs> Lunchtime, I come. I'm like, everything's done. She's like, oh, that was for the whole week. <laughs> and I was like, let's start learning. Okay. That's what's up. So, hold on, hold on. I got to interrupt you for a second. See, because people think they get that assistant job and they just come and, you know, do their job. And then they just keep learning some shit. You were like, fuck that. I'm going to tell her I'm going to be the best she's ever had. I'm going to prove it to her. I'm going to be the first one there, the last one to leave. You know what I mean? You had that work ethic that mm-hmm. we always talk about you got to have. Right. You know what I mean? They want to help a motherfucker like that. I know I do. Mm-hmm. You know, I got a new assistant now who couldn't make it today, but mm-hmm. this dude is a beast. Mm-hmm. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? I just love him. I just say, I need. He's like, I got it. <laughs> you know mm-hmm. what I mean? Yeah. Go ahead. I'm sorry. Yeah. And I, I knew I didn't know anything. Mm-hmm. I was just like, I want to know why you're telling the network this, why you're telling the studio that, why, you know, she was just, she was in every department mm-hmm. she was in props she was in music mm-hmm. and she's writing scripts mm-hmm. i mean she was doing everything it was her show. Um, <laughs> yeah sure. it was her show but <laughs> you see a lot of showrunners that are not that invested in the production True. side mm-hmm. they're more like i really want to make sure all the writing's done i don't mm-hmm. have time to be on that side of things mm-hmm. but she was she had her hands in everything wow man that's interesting because mm-hmm. usually you get a like you said sometimes <clears throat> you get a showrunner who <clears throat> they'll have they'll bring in another co-ep or something to mm-hmm. do that side of it right you know what yeah. i mean um and she had a work ethic like she was she would be there till you know 11 o'clock at night you know you gotta be right there with her as yeah. assistant, don't you? and i was there sometimes she would be like you go home and mm-hmm. she would still be working mm-hmm. 
So that was the type of work ethic and the type of hands and everything control, you know, making sure that everything down to like the toolbox that this Mm -hmm. guy carries Mm -hmm. out is the right thing. Mm -hmm. I took that, you know, I really took that away. Details. Yeah. 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 Wow. That's um, so how long were you working with her on that show then? I was there um, as her assistant for just Mm -hmm. one season. Okay. And then after that, I was like, all right, I'm ready to be a staff writer. Okay. I was like, give me a job as a staff writer. <laughs> I, I love how he thinks that. You, it's you that, theater, it's that, that, that theater confidence. Yeah, like, that New York thing. is yeah, like, oh, I it's can like, do that. all right. <laughs> and so I just assumed, I was like, because I wrote some scenes on the show. Um, they made it to the air? Yeah, yeah. She, wow. Sometimes she would be like, here, you know, will you, will you write this scene? Mm-hmm. And as basically like a reward, like she's like, you're doing such good work. That's write this nice. scene real quick. Mm-hmm. Or I'd, or I'd write scenes for like casting or something. Mm-hmm. If they had a part that maybe wasn't totally fleshed out in that okay. episode that they were casting, but mm-hmm. they knew in a few episodes, mm-hmm. there would be mm-hmm. more for that actor to do. Um, and I would just like jump at the chance to write anything. Sure. Um, and after that, I was like, so I should be a staff writer now. <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, you know, harassing everyone that I had met mm-hmm. through her Rolodex <laughs> and being like, I should be a staff writer. Look, I wrote, you I know, wrote I wrote scene. these, I wrote these shorts mm-hmm. and people were like, so <laughs> I'm like, I have these two short films. I directed a short film. They're mm-hmm. like, what do you want us to do with a short <laughs> film? I was like, I wrote this web series mm-hmm. that I haven't produced. They were like, so what do you want us to do with that? <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> And uh, are y'all listening to this game right here? <laughs> this is game. Keep going. This is what I'm talking about. The people think because they have this shit. Right. And I just love to hear from people who have succeeded in things that they tried to do certain things and then they learn from it. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Go ahead. Keep going. Yeah. So I think at that moment, I was pretty depressed. I was just mm-hmm. like, this town, I've been here for a few years. Mm-hmm. I've been grinding. I've been hustling. I thought I was doing everything that I was supposed to be doing, mm-hmm. but I was grinding for somebody else. Mm-hmm. And I wasn't doing the, wor- I wasn't doing <laughs> the work myself. Mm-hmm. And there was kind of a moment where I was just like, the only reason that you are, and actually it might have been my fiance told me this, mm-hmm. the only reason you're not succeeding is because you're not doing it. Mm. And I was in my own way. I was sitting there waiting for someone to give me something instead of making it so that people had to recognize what sure. I was doing. Mm-hmm. And I just sat down and I started just cranking out scripts. Speaking of cranking out scripts, let me tell you something about Miles. <laughs> I was going to gush for a second. This is my boy. Trip it. Trip this. This is a dude. We probably talk every couple months. Every fucking time I talk to Miles, he's on another, maybe another two scripts, not a script, mm-hmm. another two. Oh, I just wrote this one thing, and I'm pitching this other thing. I mean, every fucking time I talk to him for the last four years, I mean, you have to have like at least 12 scripts <laughs> in the last four years. Every single time I talk to you, mm-hmm. you got at least, you do at least three a year, at least it seems like, probably more than that, but it seemed like every at least At least three, digits. at least three a year. Yeah is kind of where I am, maybe like three and a half a year. Mm-hmm. Um, it's a little slowed down right now because I've been, I haven't well, re- you're in pitch mode now. <clears throat> so yeah, I'm like running around <clears throat> pitching everything. Mm-hmm. So that takes up so much time. It's like not enough time to write, which sucks, mm-hmm. but just sitting writing every day when I had no agent, no manager, mm-hmm. no job. Um, and I'd stop being an assistant cause there just wasn't enough time to be a writer and be an assistant. Sure. And so I took a job that was less hours, less money, 
but I would spend half the day writing. Okay, that's smart. And Sacrifice. it was, mm-hmm. yeah, it was kind of like you know you had to walk a you had to walk a fine line because there wasn't much money, but I was investing that time in building a body of work. I'm yeah. sorry, say that again. <laughs> you got to invest the time in okay. building a body of work. You yeah. know, people invest your time. Into you. <laughs> we just, talk a lot about I'm just investing tell in your people. future. They don't. People don't. They don't. Yeah. They come out here and they're like, okay, I want to be instant <laughs> success. Yeah, you saw me about every year. I was like, where's mine now? Uh-huh. <laughs> How come I'm not? Because you kind of yeah. have a little bit of self-entitlement just because you, not, not saying that you didn't work hard. You clearly worked hard as her assistant. You know, you were there from the first one there, the last one to leave. You did all that for a year. So you're like, okay, I deserve some shit. And they're like... Uh, you, you deserve to be my assistant. Yeah, you just, you just yeah. And that's what they say. Like, if you are the greatest assistant, that's mm-hmm. all you'll ever be. Because they'll be like, "I'm not losing this assistant. Exactly. This guy's really good." Exactly. But um, I hadn't at that time. I hadn't found my voice yet mm-hmm. as a writer. Like, I'd written one. I'd written one TV spec. I was mm-hmm. I was working as a post production before I was her assistant. I was working as a post production assistant okay. on a show called Bionic Woman. Oh yeah, yeah. And that was uh, a good pilot. I remember reading the script. I liked the script though. And I was like, on my spare time, I would I would hide inside the closet <laughs> where they kept all all the food, That's and I would funny. write. I wrote my first TV spec, and then really? I wrote a spec of Bionic Woman. Oh, okay. And all the editors started souping me up and being like, yeah, man, you should give this to David Icke. You should give mm. this to Jason Smilovic. Mm-hmm. And I started being like, yeah, I should. <laughs> you can do this, man. You better yeah. them. You better uh, them. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And uh, so one night I just drop it in with their dailies, mm. just my, my just, random script. And I tell my boss, uh, I tell my boss, I'm like, yeah, I dropped off my script with uh, with David Icke and Jason Smilovic. And he was like, are you insane? You're really? going to get fucking fired. You are a dumb motherfucker. Really? And I was like, really? I thought that's they, you know, I like heard some story about mm-hmm. Brett Radner harassed mm-hmm. Steven Spielberg or something. And I was like, that's going to ha- work for me. Mm-hmm. And so nothing happens for like a week or two. And then uh, one one day my boss gets this email from David Icke that just says, who the fuck is Miles Orion Feld? <laughs> And uh, you started packing your things. Yeah. Maybe? Well, he, like, I'm gonna be over there. I'm gonna be over there. What? My name that, ain't that. The fact that he didn't know who I was worked to my advantage because the oh, next really? day he came in and he walked right past my desk and just said, "Hey," and kept walking. He actually had no clue who Miles Ryan oh, felt was. He didn't even know I was the PA. He's just like, "How'd I get this random, <laughs> random script in my dailies?" Uh-huh. Like, Did he read it? I don't know if he ever read it, but Jason Smilovic read it, and he was actually the first person who took me out to like my first like Beverly Hills really? like lunch. He's like, "I read your script, man. I like it. Let me take you out to eat." What? And we went to you know we were in Beverly Hills, and I ordered, got my first like sixteen dollar hamburger, okay. and I was like, "Holy fuck, sixteen dollars for a hamburger!" <laughs> I couldn't hamburger believe it. Now every game. hamburger is sixteen dollars, <laughs> but at that moment, I just had never seen anything like that. I was like, sixteen dollars. I was like. I hope he pays for this because I don't know if I got it. <laughs> like, I gotta put something on it. But he told me at that time, he was like, I could tell you have talent and good writers in this business always work if you stay at it. It's okay. not like if you're a good actor in this town, you might not work. It's yeah. terrible. Like right, that. Right. But if you're a good writer, eventually you'll find your way through is I think what he was trying to tell me. Mm-hmm. But at that point, you know, coming back to Lincoln Heights, I hadn't, I hadn't found my voice. Like I'd written some stuff mm-hmm. that I thought was good, and 
but it could have been written by anybody. Mm-hmm. Okay. And as a young writer, they don't give a fuck about that. Yeah. Sure. You have to write the thing that nobody else could write. Because you're looking for that distinct original voice. Mm-hmm. And sorry if you're writing like everybody else and it's pretty mm-hmm. generic. I mean, you, you, like I said before, it could be, well, be well written. Yeah. It could be well written, no. but that's not good enough. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> a lot of shit is well written. Because there's a million other people yes. that, that are doing it. Right, right. So I wrote a script and I, I remember because I, I sent, I just met you, I think around this time, mm-hmm. and I'd sent you some early drafts of a mm-hmm. script I wrote called Missing Belafonte, mm-hmm. which is about I this, love that title. which is mm-hmm. about this, you know, 16 year old Oxycontin dealer mm-hmm. who's goes to this private high school and starts dealing drugs because, you know, it's a way into this kind of popular clique. But was I was from back in your neighborhood. Was it based on a loosely? Was that the one or was it the other one? No, no, no. I mean, there was a lot of elements from like me and my friends and, you know, growing up in this really small town and going to like a school in like a really rich town Mm -hmm. and getting bussed in and kind of being outcast. There was Mm -hmm. it was all those elements. Uh, It was like you grew up on the poor side, if I remember something to that nature. We grew up. I mean, I grew up in a really small town. Okay. You know, 1800 people. I told you they tore down the road signs and then they put us (laughs) on this shitty bus and we drove over this mountain and it was like a curvy road. It took like an hour. And then we get into like a place called Mill Valley, which is like Mill Valley, Sausalito. They're like Mm -hmm. incredibly rich, affluent Mm -hmm. suburbs of San Francisco. And we show up there and like kids are dressed in like all white Tommy Hill figure mm-hmm. with like a white hat. And then we're like, got, I got on like a Grateful Dead t-shirt from like a rock concert. So you knew white before. folks get busted in. I told you. Like. <laughs> and they were just right away. They were just like, no, 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 really? you don't belong here. Mm-hmm. So I wrote this script and I was doing I was doing weird shit. I was just like. He's following his spirit animal as he like flashes back through the last year of his life. And like I'm writing these like flashes and polar. I'm just writing whatever. I was -hmm. was just like no rules. I'm just writing whatever. And he has this like snarky voiceover Mm -hmm. and these like pictures that come to life. Black and white footage. Just every every fucking thing Mm -hmm. that I could think of. And I was like, no one is ever going to produce this. script. (laughs) This is the most ridiculous shit ever. And I started sending it around to people, and people started being like, "This is this is really interesting. It's this different. Is real, it's it's mm-hmm. really good. It's mm-hmm. it's doing something." Mm-hmm. And that was really the script, like where I found a voice, mm-hmm. okay. which is not something that I think really can be taught. It's mm-hmm. just like, and you don't even really know how to tell right. someone that how, there's no voice is. in their sure, script. Sure, right. sure, sure. But my scripts before didn't have it. Okay. Mm-hmm. And okay. after that script, I was like. Oh, I think I found something here. Wow, that's he clicked in quick too. Right, yeah, right. Interesting. And then I even went back and like rewrote scripts that I had written before. I've done that. And yeah. I was like, <laughs> now I see what this is. Mm-hmm. And like I went back in, like, here's structure. Mm-hmm. The structure is sound. The characters mm-hmm. are there, but it doesn't have the voice yet. Mm-hmm. And I went back in. But that script really changed everything. Okay. So what happened with that script then? That script, uh, I've been sending at that time. I'd written a few scripts, and I kept sending them to Kathleen and being like, hey, I wrote this other script. I wrote mm. this other script. So you stayed in touch with her over the time. Good. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. And still to this day, like, if I sell something, I like, you know, she's one of my first calls that I make. That's I good. call her my industry mom. That's what's up. Mm-hmm. And she's like, if you become a big showrunner, you're buying me a lake house with a little boat. <laughs> Look, I bet you, you'd be glad to do it, too, wouldn't you? Yeah. <laughs> so... Um, I was just sending her scripts, always mm-hmm. like, I wrote this, I wrote this, I wrote this. 
And after I sent her that, she was like, we got to get you a manager. Mm. And she's like, I know this guy. He's kind of young, but he's hungry. You guys Mm -hmm. might really get along. And she sent him the script and he loved it. And I talked to a couple other managers and stuff just because I had that Rolodex from working for her and Mm -hmm. meeting those people. And I've been sending them stuff and harassing them. And they were like, (laughs) they didn't really get that script. And they Mm -hmm. were all a little bit older. And it was like, had a very, very young voice. And I I wrote it when I was 25 or something. Mm -hmm. And when he read that, he's like, I love this script. Mm -hmm. And I was like, so you don't think it's a movie? Because some other woman was like, Mm -hmm. that's a movie. Like, this can't be a TV show. He's like, Mm -hmm. no, it's an awesome TV show. Mm -hmm. And we started working together. And that script actually... Uh, per, Gavin Pallone and Pariah were the producer of it for a while. We went out. Everyone read it. Everyone loved it. But mm-hmm. no one wanted to do a show about a 16-year-old Oxycontin dealer. <laughs> Which is a real shit, by the way. Okay. But that script still works for me. <laughs> still? People still use it? Oh, yeah. Wow. They, um, I had a meeting today earlier at MTV, and they had just loved that script. Wow. And I wrote that years ago. <laughs> And it's still, you know, mm-hmm. if there's anything young, they mm-hmm. my agents still still use that. Mm-hmm. That's smart. That's smart. Now let me just ask you then, because I do want to get into like how you got your agents and all this stuff, like because it's important. Because you, the way you got it was different than everybody else. Again, um, but just just in, in in context to what you were just saying about that, is it? Were you thinking about your body? Because now you've built this body of work, mm-hmm. right? Which is what we always talk about, right? Mm-hmm. Is your body of work still in the same type of tone? Because like you said, that was your younger adult thing. So now you got some other stuff. Do you feel like it's still within the same type of tone or genre, though? Or do you feel like you can it's do definitely, it's, you can do this? It's definitely do not in the same genre. And you okay. know because you've yeah, read a lot of... question for everybody else, really. You've read a lot of different kinds of stuff. You know, sometimes I write sci-fi. Mm-hmm. Sometimes it's like crime, undercover cops. Mm-hmm. Sometime, you know, I wrote a script about that, a charter. That cop one is one of my favorite ones, too. Oh, thank you, man. Yeah. Um, I wrote a script about a charter school because I had worked in this school before. Uh, after I stopped being an assistant, I mm-hmm. took a job at a charter school. Right. It was like teaching there half of the day. Really? And I was like, a ter- I was a terrible teacher. <laughs> I was so bad. I just, I just did not care. Some, some kids just did not graduate. <laughs> I'm sorry, kids, if you're listening to this. Mr. Failed. Uh, yeah. Yeah. They like, they like me because I was just like, we're watching movies. <laughs> Let's dissect the movies yeah. and turn it into math. <laughs> no, no, no. It was I was teaching film class, so oh, that okay, made good. sense. Yeah. But I was still a bad teacher because <laughs> they didn't want to pay me for any time that I wasn't teaching. So I was like, when am I going to gray papers? They're oh, like, okay. well, you have to do that on your own. So I'm like, I'm not assigning any homework. <laughs> Fuck that. <laughs> we <laughs> like funny. his class. I was like, yeah. So we were watching, and I knew that they needed to watch some good movies because when I first got there, I was like, what's your favorite movie ever? And they were like, Takers. <laughs> and I was like, Wars, oh, maybe. fuck. Uh, Did you just say Takers? I was like, wow, oh, we have some work to do. And yeah. then when I left, I was like, what's your favorite movie ever? They were like, Godfather 2, mm-hmm. One Flew Over the Cuckoo's mm-hmm. Nest, Chinatown. Mm-hmm. They really like that part where he's slapping her and she's being like, <laughs> my mo- <laughs> she's my, my sister, daughter, my, my daughter. My yeah. sister, my <laughs> they were like, oh, they're slapping the shit out of her. And they, you know, mm-hmm. that, then they were like, this movie is good because before they thought it was kind of boring. <laughs> but once that scene happened, they were all in on Chinatown. Better, yeah. So Amazing. what happened next with that script? So you ended up getting the manager, right? I ended up getting the manager off of that, and um, he ended up getting me at a big law firm. Mm-hmm. 
both with just like he was i don't know what he was telling people because like i had no credits like i had nothing mm. had been produced like i'd done like that short film that you'd mm-hmm. seen and i'd written another short and like by the way by the way we i met i met him a few years ago we both were in <laughs> i don't even know if i want to promote it don't we don't say don't, don't say the name in my, in my, in my they, town they will yes. rena- <laughs> remain anonymous yeah we were in a film festival to protect the guilty follow me, on, follow me on twitter and i'll tell you who it is <laughs> <laughs> anyway and miles has this short film tell everybody what it's called tell everybody what it's called uh, it was called Undertow. It was really my first shot at like. You want some awards for that one? I can't remember. Uh, I was nominated for a you African for African one, Academy Award, whatever yeah. that is. It was and they were trying to fly. They were trying to fly me to Nigeria, but they were like, <laughs> they, they the ticket didn't come through until like two days before. Oh, yeah. And I was like, you guys, I need more advance notice <laughs> if I'm gonna fly to Nigeria. <laughs> okay, I'm gonna need a few more guarantees about <laughs> yeah. how I'm getting from the airport right. to yeah. the festival. Yeah, come exactly. get me. Yeah. Pick me up. Yeah. Take me here. Yeah, that's funny. Um, but I but, just want to throw that out there because that it was a badass freaking. His Thank eye you. for what he sees in a camera, I could tell because I come from theater too, and the things that I see are a little bit different. You you definitely have a real technical. What was Undertow about? Oh, go ahead. I'm sorry. Go ahead. Undertow was about a girl that goes looking for her father who she doesn't know, and she finds him on right before he's about to kill himself, and it's about him trying to find this moment of redemption with her. Um, it's like the classic kind of like what you write when mm-hmm. you. Don't want to write in one yes. house, one house yeah. two characters, mm-hmm. super simple. Um, I don't think I'd really found my voice at that point or mm-hmm. knew what that was. I just knew, like, let me just but write something simple. Right. Let me write something though. simple yeah. that right. I that we can make mm-hmm. that we can make well. Mm-hmm. And I think we did that. Um, it's just not necessarily the type of thing that I write now that I now that mm-hmm. I know what I like to write about. Mm-hmm. It's not necessarily those people. Mm-hmm. But it was a vehicle for his wife. Right? Yeah, yeah. She, she gave a gr- she gave role. a great performance. Yeah. And I always like to write stuff for her because she kills it. Hey, you have her in almost every. And she's yeah. Yeah. Is she an actress too. Oh yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Tell and everybody now, her name. Tell her name. Her name is Diara Kilpatrick. Okay. And Look she's up, actually uh, we actually just did a web series together mm-hmm. called American Coco. Check it out, americancoco.com mm-hmm. or American Coco on YouTube, K-O-K-O. Uh, <laughs> Sell it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, she's a great actress and also a great writer as well. Mm-hmm. And she's actually staffed up on Mysteries of Laura right now. Nice. Mm-hmm. Nice. Because mm-hmm. I wanted you to tell the story how that happened, but we can get into that in a minute because mm-hmm. okay. we're coming up to that. Mm-hmm. So so the lawyer thing. So you got the lawyer. So I got the I got the lawyer. I was like, I don't even like, why do I need a lawyer? Mm-hmm. He's like, just all, it all helps. It all helps. Like he had a plan from the beginning okay. and I was real impatient. Mm-hmm. Cause you know me, I was <laughs> yes. like, where's, where's my show? <laughs> I'm a yeah. uh, I need to be on the staff. Writing team. Yeah. Yeah. So he was always like, calm down, slow mm-hmm. your roll, relax. You know, he's like, he's real chill. Like, I got bills to pay. Bitch. Okay. I got yeah. bills to pay. <laughs> but he had a plan. And the thing with Gavin Pallone, um, they really loved the script. We couldn't find a buyer for it. We mm-hmm. went, you know, I pitched it to a couple different places. We mm-hmm. got close at MTV. Uh, it didn't end up happening. And I was like, this is terrible. This is the worst thing ever. And like now I know it's like it happens all, all the time, time. with yeah. like a million of my projects. Mm-hmm. Like this person's doing it, this mm-hmm. actor, you know, and then now it's not. It's mm-hmm. it's just it's just the process. My mentor is one of the biggest directors in town. Every year we're talking. He's like, oh, I had this deal. I just felt I'm like you. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. It never yeah. stops. You know what I mean? Because, uh, you know, you'll have an executive that's championing you at that company and then they'll switch jobs to another mm-hmm. company. 
and that you know, then that project will be a, you know it's just it's never ending it's never yeah so how did it happen with you to get the agent that you got how did that happen uh What's funny is like I had sent this script that I wrote called The Colony to Jason Smilovic Mm -hmm. and he was like, do you want me to submit this to CAA and have them like read it and give coverage? And I was like, yes, that would Mm -hmm. be amazing. And so then like a month goes by and they send me a thing like, Mm -hmm. good job, but you know, Mm -hmm. we don't want this. Flash forward a year mm-hmm. and I submitted that same script, but now with like a body of work oh, with okay. being like, and I also do this and I also do this and I also mm-hmm. do this. And, yeah. you know, they signed, they signed me in the room wow. being like, you know, we, and, and they were like, <laughs> we love that script that <laughs> the year before was like, <laughs> meh. They were like, we love this script. Mm-hmm. But I think because now it was like, I think a lot of people have like that one script that they send out, mm-hmm. but that's not enough if you're going to be a TV writer. Like mm-hmm. you have to have demonstrate yes. that you can crank out shit because mm-hmm. TV is so fast. So mm-hmm. you have to be able to write all the time. And if you're not doing that now, when you have no pressure and no studio breathing down your neck, then what's going to happen? experiment, which we always talk about. You know what I mean? You should have, you know, at least four or five scripts absolutely that are really good mm-hmm. not just like you tried something and it didn't work like i have a bunch of, <laughs> i have a bunch of those that i don't even count on my list of scripts yeah, that too, i've yeah. written mm-hmm. like full scripts i went through many drafts but like in the end i was like no so i don't even count those yeah because mm-hmm. i was telling um one of our guests they were like well how many scripts do you have and i said i probably have like 27 you know we're talking about short web series i mean everything mm-hmm. and um you know features tv and but how many of them do I claim? Maybe 14. Right. <laughs> you know what right. I mean? Yeah. And that's, but that's way more than most people. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Which is crazy. Like when I first started going to meetings around town and I was doing kind of the general circuit mm-hmm. where you go in and you talk to executives and they go like, oh, how, you know, tell me about yourself. Mm-hmm. The kind of like the open-ended dreaded question. <laughs> At the end of the meeting, I would like, you know, they... For, you'd be like bullshit for an hour and then like five minutes before the meeting's over they go so tell me what you're doing what's happening you know mm-hmm. and then they get into like business talk and at the end i would always say like all these are all the scripts i'm doing and the ideas i have they're so rare to meet a writer that writes so much <laughs> and i remember just <laughs> being so like rare. i so remember rare. being like what like that's crazy like how else can you make it <laughs> yeah, in this town yeah, so... Because I always tell you not to come in a room with just one thing anyway, so you'd think right. everybody's coming in with at least Up two here, things. Yeah. Right, but Pretty they much. don't want to write this. They have ideas, but they don't want to write the script right. unless someone's paying them. Uh, so mm. a lot of writers, and especially like people that have been around for a while, they mm. stop writing new scripts. Don't we talk about that all the time? Mm-hmm. It's that it's that old-fashioned way of Hollywood. Like, don't, don't do it yourself. Let Hollywood do it. And one of the things I love about you, you know how to do it. You know what I mean? Mm. You he has a pilot. He just shoot it himself if you really wanted to. You know and what it's a good experiment to have stuff like just have some crazy stuff like that script that. Well, I'm not sure if anybody, but you know what? I want to tell the story and have mm-hmm. it because you never know. Just yeah, like yeah. you said, that one script story. Like I'm gonna put whatever and craziness and and find in that voice because you 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 never know. You and might that's actually the one. Find, that's the <laughs> yeah. one that happens. That's and that's the one you know? that you know that break, could that's your jump jump off everything. Right. Well, we were talking the other day about. <clears throat> about you know getting agents and managers and all that stuff again, Miles and I, and he was telling me about um, like what's what's going on now. Like what helped him was it was a personal story, you know. You you were telling me let's talk about that a little bit about what you think young writers should be instead of just using a regular script. Like what they should use. Right. Well, really all them. all I can tell you is that 
what works for me might not work for you. Like everyone is like everyone's path is so drastically different. Mm -hmm. It's crazy. It's like, I wish there was some kind of handbook. (laughs) Like I thought like if I just work from being a production assistant, I'll work my way Uh up. Like Mm -hmm. there's no ladder to like, it makes no sense. Like everyone's just trying whatever to make it work. But in my experience, what happened for me was that I didn't want to write specs. I was like, I'm not interested in that. Mm -hmm. And so I just didn't. And I only wrote original pilots. Okay. And I was like, this is what I want to talk about. This is what I'm interested mm-hmm. in. I don't give a fuck about writing, you know, mm-hmm. like a Desperate Housewives mm-hmm. and a house and a whatever. Like, <laughs> it just was never it's interesting. It's not that you don't like those shows. At all. No, I yeah. love House, but mm-hmm. I just didn't want to do that because right. I kind of felt like that show could be canceled tomorrow. And then I just have this thing that's right. like serves yeah, no it's purpose. such a short window with those fucking specs, man. It's yeah. ridiculous. And then I also knew that when I was an assistant, you know, a lot of scripts would come onto my desk and the stuff that I like reading was not specs. Right. And so the stuff that would get through to Kathleen was mm-hmm. never a spec, okay. you know, not even if it was a spec of our show, mm-hmm. like the stuff that got through was like, I read this really interesting pilot and this girl has something really interesting to say. Okay. You should read this. Mm-hmm. So I knew as an assistant, if I felt that way, then probably the gatekeepers who are reading your scripts first is always going to be assistant unless like you have some personal connection to someone. And even if you do, they're probably not reading your script off the bat. So I was like, let me write something that I would want to read as an assistant or something that would like catch my eye because I have this stack of scripts Mm -hmm. coming from like actual agencies, not just like Mm -hmm. out of the blue. Right. Mm -hmm. And so I just, I was writing pilots and that's what I was interested in. And that's what I'm still interested in even Mm -hmm. more than staffing. Although like, it's nice to have that everyday paycheck, but. Well, let's, let's talk about that then. Cause you're in a position now. So eventually you ended up selling a pilot or two, if I believe, right? Yeah. Uh, My situation right now is that I have a blind deal with CBS studios. That's nice. Um, so I wrote a show for them last year, mm-hmm. um, working with Fred Durst, who mm-hmm. had like sold this idea about his life and turning it into a TV show. Okay. They didn't have a writer at the time and I had never worked for a studio before. Okay. And I came in and I met with everyone and I had, I had had a good meeting with CBS studios and a good meeting with the CW, which was the network that w- okay. was doing it. And so I was on the short list of however many, 10 or 15 Gotta writers. Get on that list. <laughs> yeah. um, and I have been like doing generals for a year. Okay. And nothing, you know, no one was paying me any money yet. Mm-hmm. I was like, as soon as I was at CAA, I was like, all right, going to get my what a million dollars or whatever. Uh-huh. You notice the pattern. Yeah, that you, notice the, you notice the pattern. Uh-huh. Yes. I can't seem to shake it. Uh-huh. Um, but it keeps you going, though. I think right. that's great. Right. It keeps right. them hungry. Right. So I had I did a show for them and we got I th- I think they told us that we were within like one or two spots of a pilot um, wow. and they were originally going to pick up eight shows to pilot and they mm-hmm. ended up shortening it to six and we got left out. Damn. But the network and the studio uh, really like working with me and they were like, let's do it again. Mm-hmm. So I'm working with the same producers, the same studio execs. Um, and they were just like, let's. Let's play again. So tell, let's tell the people what a blind deal is. What what is it? A blind deal just basically means that. Does that mean you create something or they give you something? It. I mean, it can it can mean different things. It's like it's a weird contract in Hollywood, okay. but basically it means that the studio is agreeing to buy a script from you, 
they don't know what you're going to bring in okay. or what that's going to be yet. Yeah. You haven't decided on it yet. They just know that they want to lock you into mm-hmm. a deal. Okay. That's essentially what it means. All right. And do you have a certain time frame? Did you have to write something during that or? I'm sure there is. I mean, I don't, I'm, I would have to ask yeah. my lawyer what the curious. exact specifications yeah. are. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I'm sure there is something like that. Okay. Okay. So now you're in a position now where you are out doing all the generals and stuff. What have you learned? Cause I've learned a lot of things about doing general, just curious from your point of view, going in with the big agency behind you being on the list. Mm-hmm. What's it like going on those generals? What, 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 what were you finding? Like, what did, what did you start with and what, do you, what have you learned from, the, from those general meetings now? Yeah, well, I think with the general meeting, the, and, I, and the girl actually asked me the other day, a mm-hmm. girl who I think is a really talented writer, mm-hmm. and sometimes she hits me up for advice and I mm-hmm. try to steer in the right direction. And she was saying, you know, I went on my first general and mm-hmm. I went really bad. Mm-hmm. Has that ever happened to you? Mm-hmm. And I was like, short answer is no, but here's why. I'm like, I'm sorry. I just no, give, that's real. I give good meetings. Mm-hmm. And I think the reason is why is that, one, I meditate before. A little mm. uh, spiritual okay. practice. We were just talking about that. Where which is like, right. you've got to get your mind right. Because mm-hmm. in this town, it's like, there's so much rejection. Sure. And there's just like so much waiting and uncertainty and fear. Mm-hmm. And if your mind's not right, then you mm-hmm. are just, you're going to be fucked. Because mm-hmm. if you're waiting on someone else to tell you that you're good, it's going to be a hard road. Um, so I started doing this thing where I would meditate before a meeting and I would just think like, you're not here to get anything Mm -hmm. from them, their approval, whatever. Like you just go in there, give Mm -hmm. away your stories and your ideas and then walk away. Mm -hmm. So I went in from the time when I had that first meeting with CAA, I was like in my car before, just like, you know, Mm -hmm. Deepak Chopra in my head (laughs) going, trying to just be like even and calm. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, so I do that. And then the other thing is that I think you have to be able to tell the story of who you are because you're a storyteller. And if you and if they say like, so tell me about yourself, mm-hmm. that's not a time for you to rattle off your resume. Mm-hmm. That's for you to say, like, these are the most defining moments of my life. Mm-hmm. And if you can't tell that in an interesting way, if you don't have great stories about your life and mm-hmm. what makes you you, mm-hmm. then it's not going to be a good meeting. Like if you're saying that, like, I went to NYU and I got this award mm-hmm. and I directed this and mm-hmm. then I did this. Like, that's boring. Yeah, they already know that part. Yeah, of it. they read the bio. They read it, yeah. Yeah, tell them, you know, tell them some crazy stories about your childhood mm-hmm. and the stuff that, you know, maybe they read and you're writing something and. And they'll be like, tell me about that script. And you'll be like, well, this character is based off this guy and Mm -hmm. he did this. And you just want to be able to tell good stories in the room because I think that's reflective of how you are as a storyteller on the page as well. And I think if you do those two things, not trying to get approval from them and like, Mm -hmm. I want something so bad because that desperation is just like a nasty stink. (laughs) No one wants to be around that. Like you want to work with you want to work with people that you Mm -hmm. like. And executives are the same way. Like Mm -hmm. they're not writers, they're not directors, but they like to be around artists. And so they're really looking like, is this person going to be someone that I want to work with, that mm-hmm. I want to hang out with? Because we could potentially be working together for a long, for a long time. <laughs> mm-hmm. So I think that's that's really the recipe of going in and having a good general. Okay. Now, let's jump ahead. I mean, this is probably ahead of a lot of people, but let's just talk about pitching. Okay. What have you learned from when you started going into pitch to where you are now? 
Let's talk about that a little bit. Yeah, because how was your first pitch, and how is your pitching? Yeah, expertise now. Um, you know what I mean? Because you go in expecting right, to pitch a certain. Right, I've probably right. pitched twenty times, but you go in to pitch certain things, and then you come curious, out. I'm just curious from the viewpoint of him when he first sure. started talking yeah, about. Yeah, let's go. I have a production assistant, and now I should be on a staff. So, <laughs> did you bring that same kind of yeah. respect to the first I, pitch? I think that I'm a lot better just off the cuff. Mm-hmm. But that's not really – you can't really do that in a pitch. Like, you have to have a much clearer idea. Okay. Um, so I've had a few pitches now, and, like, the biggest one I had was actually last week. Wow. Where you ha- where okay. I had to go – This is last week. I yeah, was, you just, know. Yeah. <laughs> like, the first few pitches that I had were kind of, like, more minor. It was, like, we're going in, we're pitching Hulu, but we're not pitching, like, the top people yet. Or okay. we're, like, we're going in and, like, I'm pitching, like, mm-hmm. a production company, but okay. we're not, you know – that's not mm-hmm. selling. A sh- that's not selling a show. Not, got it. You yeah. know, so last week I had to do like my first official. Like we're selling the show. Really? You know, so like on one side of the table is like all the network executives, like every really? single person on the development side, and on the other side of the table is like our studio and our producers mm-hmm. and my agents and managers. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, and then there, it's like man. me in the middle uh-huh. and then they're like, all right, now you talk for 30 minutes. Really? So it was really, really nerve wracking. I'm not going to lie. I was mm-hmm. like, I was really sweating it mm-hmm. and I put in a lot of work. I worked really hard on the pitch. I would, you know, I knew it better than I thought that I did. Mm-hmm. Like I didn't have to look down at my notes very mm-hmm. often because I was, so I was well, notes? I was well rehearsed. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. They don't you bring cards. You bring yeah, notes. We're not you, actors, you, yeah. you know, which is the good thing for us is like we could be like, I'm not an actor. Like, I'm not going to learn a 30 mm-hmm. minute monologue. <laughs> but the thing is, is like actors are really killing selling shows right now. Yeah. I was at a meeting at um at UCP like maybe six, eight months ago. Mm-hmm. And Eva Longoria walked in really? with like her whole crew, really? like all this, all the execs. And she, I was just sitting next to her, like, "Damn, she's about to sell a show." Like, you just, you just know it. Like, yeah. she, she's so confident. She mm-hmm. looks beautiful, and she had sold. I think she was telling her friend. I was just eavesdropping like a motherfucker. <laughs> she was telling her friend, like, "Oh yeah, we've sold like eight shows," and I was just like, "Holy Jeez shit!" Christ. But that's the power of of being an actor and going in that room and being able to sell. Well, you something. have a little bit of that, even though you weren't. Yeah. In there, because even as a director, sometimes you got to get on your feet and show them what you want. Yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? And that's helpful, for yes. sure. Like, I think it sucks if you're a writer who just wants to be, like, in a hole mm-hmm. and just, like, write, you know, in a dark corner and doesn't <laughs> want to talk to people. Mm-hmm. It's hard because, you know, my manager told me the other day, I was like, damn, that was so nerve-wracking. Like, that was <laughs> really shitty. Like, I hate, you know, I hate that experience. Like, even though it went great. I was still like, that was a terrible, like, you know, all day I had to think about it. Mm-hmm. You know, it was rough. And he was like, that's a huge part of your job. He's like, from here on out, like, you're going to be doing that all the time. So mm-hmm. you better get used to, mm-hmm. you know, that's just part of being a writer in this town. Mm-hmm. Unless you're going to be perpetually on someone's staff, which, you know, mm-hmm. is also is also a great career, but yeah. not the path that I chose. Well, let's, let's talk about that. That's what I was just about to get into is. Because you clearly could be on staff right now. You're on the list. <laughs> you know what I mean? People could definitely be. So what made you decide for the, for the listeners to take the other path of, I want to do my own show? What, what, what made you decide that? Well, at first, I was, I was like, I have to get staff because I thought that that was the path. Sure. Um, so when I got signed at CAA, I was like, now I got CAA. I'm about to be, pick, have my choice of shows. <laughs> they were like, they were like, they were like, 
I, I don't know. I don't know why <laughs> the I'm clouds always opened up. Didn't it? <laughs> I don't know why I'm always so naive. I was like, well, yeah, yeah. How could I not get a show? Yeah. Um, so I like read all the pilots, all the cable pilots, mm-hmm. all the broadcast pilots. I made a list. I made a list of like why I would be good on that show, mm-hmm. what spec to write. Send it to my agents. They're like, this is great. Mm-hmm. A couple months go by, and they're like. We we have no showrunner meetings for you, <laughs> and I was like, "What? I'm at CAA. Like, yeah. what are you talking about?" Yeah. And they're like, "They're only hiring out of the writing programs because they don't want to pay for staff writers." Yeah. And I was like, they pay that "I was like, but I'm yeah. Like, <laughs> why would you pay for a staff? Why would you pay seventy five thousand dollars for a twenty week contract when you can get that money for free?" Mm-hmm. from a program it doesn't have to come out of the budget yeah. you could spend that on getting better actors better guest yep. stars like it makes sense but sucks for me um mm-hmm. so i was like you can't give me a single show you know showrunner meeting mm-hmm. and i'm i'm going like i'm killing these studio mm-hmm. and network meetings and they're being like i'm definitely going to tell this showrunner about mm-hmm. you and like we love your writing and i'm like think i'm really doing my job and then they're <laughs> like you don't even have a shot at being a staff writer. Damn, they said that. No, they didn't. They're agents. They're agents. Feel. They don't. They don't talk to oh, you they like don't that. Say it in, they just say. They, they say it in code they, and yeah, shit. Yeah, they they say it, that's the subtext. That's you don't hilarious. even have a fucking chance. And he's being yeah. like, "We're doing really well, man. Don't worry about it." And you're like, "Oh no, <laughs> that's terrible." So I um, I ended up getting like really really sick. Just ill because I have I'd like put all my expectations on becoming a staff writer and that mm-hmm. that was the path, mm-hmm. the only path to success. Mm-hmm. And like you notice now that I've been talking for a while, the trend is always like I get burned when I think that there's one way to do things and a certain okay. path to going about, mm-hmm. you know, in this industry, like there's a million paths, mm-hmm. a million right, a million wrong, but like all different. You know, you could mm-hmm. do a web series, you could do sure. a play yeah. that turns into a movie and write a book and you could be on the street and some, I mean, there's just, there's so many avenues sure. if you're, if you're doing what you love. So I got really sick and I think when I came out of that fever, like just days where I was just like the expectation and having it's like and, and, fa- and failing, like that was toxic. Yeah, definitely. And mm-hmm. I feel like so many writers are do that to themselves mm-hmm. where they like put everything on this writing program or everything on walking into this pitch mm-hmm. or everything on going to this general meeting. And like, that's not the way that I go to a meeting. So I shouldn't, you know, my mind shouldn't be fixated in that mm-hmm. way mm-hmm. because once you do, then you have that stench, like you mm-hmm. become toxic and mm-hmm. no one wants to be around you. True. <laughs> so, you know, when I woke up from that after like, you know, I was sick for so long. I, I watched the first couple seasons of Heroes. Like, I was down <laughs> for like a couple days. Wow. When I came up from that, I was like, okay, so that's not the mm-hmm. avenue that we're going. Okay. You know, I just went right back to writing. I cranked out another script. And <laughs> I just was like, this is, this is the only thing to do is just to keep writing through it. And then I got the, you know, like maybe a month or so later... We started doing the web series, mm-hmm. which we were just like American no, Coco, y'all. Yeah. We got to check this shit out. It's good. We were just, you know, Dr. Wrote this script. It was really good. Mm-hmm. We had a lot of talented friends. We were just like, hey, everyone, you want to come together and make this thing, mm-hmm. and we're gonna spend our our rent money on producing this, mm-hmm. and we just shot it. We just made it, and for some reason, that energy of like putting yourself out in that way mm-hmm. is is infectious. 
and it brings back, you know, it brings stuff back to you that you don't even imagine. Absolutely. It's kind of like doing a doing a short film or anything and you put it in a festival and you get in and then all of a sudden people start calling you from all over the world wanting your film to be in and you're like I didn't even know you knew. Yeah. Right. You know what I mean? Yeah. Similarly. Go ahead. Right, but you have to you have to put yourself out there. Yeah. It's the people that are sitting back like I have an idea but I'm waiting for the right mm-hmm. I'm waiting for the money and I'm mm-hmm. I'm waiting on the right actor and I'm yeah. waiting 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 and like to Diara's credit she was like we're not waiting for nothing. Mm-hmm. Like we're making this if mm-hmm. we have to shoot it on an iPhone. And I was like, "Well, no, no, no." <laughs> like we're going to we're going to shoot it on a 5D and like we're gonna get a DP. She's like, I don't give a fuck. We'll shoot it without a DP. We and I was like, do it. And She's I was like, hustling. all right, all right. Like, let me get a DP though. Um, but she was just like, she was not gonna be deterred, and you know, she pushed us. And she's what you needed. You know, exactly. And that you. was that was you know, I'd been doing that with my scripts, but mm-hmm. not anything in production in a while. And so that was like a great boost for mm-hmm. both of us because mm-hmm. we, we put that we put that yeah, yeah we put that out in the universe and. Was, I think I was telling you when we had uh, when we had breakfast the other day, mm-hmm. I was saying like we were in the middle of shooting and I my car ran out of gas, <laughs> and I was That's like because right. I had been driving around being like I don't want to spend the money that I have because we need this money to shoot mm-hmm. and you know so I ran out of gas and I'm just like wow <laughs> I've never run out of gas in my entire life and I'm like walking down the street with a gas can and it was just like such a moment like <laughs> i was feeling like damn this town is really just beating uh-huh. me down and like Simon's this is like biggest agency in town he walked yeah. and i'm walking and i'm, walking, and I'm with the gas can they can't even get me a <laughs> staff side, job on the side of the road they no. can't get me a freelance script i can't write for extra nothing wow. like, and i was just like this is some bullshit like, <laughs> I can see that conversation now. Yeah, and I'm like mumbling like a homeless person just walking down the street. And uh, so I just, I was like, wow, this is really a metaphor that I've like run out of gas. Mm. Like that this town is just like, you know. My life like, is so meta right now. Yeah. I was like really having a moment where like I was like, I was writing the novel about my life like <laughs> while I was walking down the street. And I was like, damn, this character Chapter sucks. Four. Yeah. Ah, that's an existential moment. <laughs> it, yeah, it was a very existential moment. And at that moment, my manager called me and said, hey, man, uh, Vin Diesel wants to produce uh, this script that you wrote, wow. the cop script that uh-huh. you read. That and I was like, whoa. And then the next day, my agents called and was like, hey, you booked that that interview that you went on with Fred Durst. Mm-hmm. It's like so random. They like <laughs> sent me to the show. I didn't know what, it, what it was. <laughs> yeah. I showed up with a gas can. Um, but I had gone to this meeting. Mm-hmm. I didn't think, I didn't think I was going to get it. It was mm-hmm. my first ever like job interview. Okay. Like everything was a general before that, but that was like a meeting. Like we will pay you money if mm-hmm. we like you. Mm-hmm. And I had gone and I was like, you know, I'm up against all these other people, Mm -hmm. but I ended up getting that. And that was my first, uh, my first like official Mm -hmm. job where they were like, we are going to pay you money to write. (laughs) (laughs) May not come when you want it, but it's always on time. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, So that's really what got things moving. Mm -hmm. Even though I was at the agency and a man, you know, you have all those things. How long had gone with you being at the agency at that time? Before you um, got that job, pro- like maybe seven months or okay. something like that. It's usually but about six months in with the yeah. big agency. Wow, like, okay. but I had. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but what I was what what I was doing was I was going to meetings and I was, mm-hmm. you, they were getting calls afterwards. Mm-hmm. Like, 
that was a great meeting. That okay. was the best meeting I ever had. Mm-hmm. You know, like we love him. Mm-hmm. You know, like they were getting responses like that. So That's they, they kind of knew it was a matter of time. And it was just me that was how was putting my expectation on like, where is it now? Right. And that's what was causing the, you know, the toxicity in my life. It was sure. just like demanding that my time frame be met. Mm-hmm. And like, it doesn't work that way. Mm-hmm. Like, it's going to happen when it happens. And it's good that I'm saying this because I actually need to hear it right now. Because I'm, <laughs> I'm waiting on an answer for this pitch. And I'm being like, I want to know right now. Yeah. I want them to get that gas can and just walk down yeah. the street and be like, <laughs> And the studio is being like, you know, they like it. We, we're still in the mix. Like, mm-hmm. relax. And I'm being like, well, damn it. Like, I want to know right now. <laughs> right. What's going on? Right. So I can move on to some Talk other shit. Like, <laughs> yeah. So. Mm-hmm. So. What's your goal? What do you want to do eventually? What 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 do you what picture do you see of yourself? Uh, I think eventually running some like my own studio. Your own uh, studio, okay. He didn't say my own show, bitch. He said no. I mean, I I think <laughs> that I I think that I have a good shot at mm-hmm. running a show in the mm-hmm. next few years. Like that's what I'm preparing for. That's what I have my goal set. Mm-hmm. Um, we did go to pilot. Uh, last year which mm-hmm. was disappointing but the script came out well and mm-hmm. it's kind of a numbers game like you keep doing you keep being yeah. in that general area mm-hmm. and like maybe sometimes luck is with you and sure. you have the right star in the right moment and they that pick your show together, mm-hmm. yeah. but you just have to be you have to be in that in that area enough times that you get something on the air because it's such a crapshoot mm-hmm. you know like you could have a great script and then there could be another script that's not as good, but it has some political element, mm-hmm. you know, with the right producer, the right star, sure. or it has some kind of like current element that they need right at that moment. Mm-hmm. And it doesn't matter if you have a better script, they're going to go with that. Right. So well, one last thing I wanted to, I don't mean to back up on this, but I just wanted you to tell everybody how your girl got signed to the agency. I thought that was a good story. Yeah, I'm going to look up that. American yeah, look up. Look up. Uh, well, we created this web series, mm-hmm. and the response was really, really positive. Mm-hmm. And I sent it to one of my agents, and she watched it, and she called me and was like, "I am obsessed with your fiance." <laughs> and I was like, "Really? Well, you guys should, you guys should meet." And she just happened. She was going to come to my birthday party. Um, Lisa's looking it up <laughs> right now. Right now, yeah. right. Yeah. Right in my pilot. I may have to use your wife and come over here, girl. (laughs) You should. She's she's an excellent actor. But she read she she saw the web series, loved Mm -hmm. it, loved Diara as a writer and as Mm -hmm. an actress, and that key word thought that she had a lot of voice Mm -hmm. and a really strong voice. And Mm -hmm. maybe she didn't have something that was like formatted. You know, we did six uh, ten minute episodes, so it wasn't formatted for T V, but the voice was there, the characters were there. Um, and CAA ended up assigning her across the board. Across the board. Wow. So she's there as a writer and as an actress. And I think the second thing that they sent her out on, she booked this job on, on Mysteries of Laura. Okay. Off the web as series. A yeah, off the web wow. series. You know, that's what they saw. They mm-hmm. loved it. They loved the voice. Mm-hmm. Oh, I see it. Okay. On there, yeah, we'll have, yeah. To, we'll have to have her on the show then. We'll yeah. yeah, you should definitely, you should definitely have her on the show. She's definitely. much more articulate than I am. <laughs> <laughs> I think you said it really well, yeah. though. You I like know? it. Yeah. Okay, See, to me, because that's a story I've never heard before. Mm-hmm. Mm. That some, I mean, you hear stories about, you know, some people come up with some web series and some agent, you know, some right. 
assistant sees him and tells her agent or whatever, but you don't hear, oh, you know, I just sent my agent this, you know, to see what we did. And then they were like, hmm, wait a minute, who's that? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> they were like, and they were like, please don't act anymore. Really? No, oh. I didn't say that. <laughs> in, in my, but you could have been in the subtext. Okay. Interesting. Yeah, because uh, we, we both produced it along with my sister, who mm-hmm. also edited it. Diara and I are both in it, um, and we directed it together. Diara oh, wrote okay. it. You know, everyone had a whole uh, shitload of jobs. Right. You know, mm-hmm. like my sister's like, you know, slating and then also <laughs> trying to produce. And oh. I'm like running to get, you know, burritos. And yeah. Yes. So what does uh, Bill Top call it? Pizza for ten. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Make it work. That's what's up. And have that unique well, thanks voice. Thanks a lot, man. Yeah, this thank you guys really, for having really me. Really good. Yeah, Lots and, I lo- and of once game. again, I love the fact that everybody's journey is just totally different, mm-hmm. and you just had a vision for yourself. And once you figured out this is what I want to do, things just started happening. And I think mm-hmm. a lot of people really need to hear that because they get fixated on this is the path and this is it. And yeah. when things don't happen, they just get so discouraged. Like there, there are many ways to get into this business, mm-hmm. and it's just, it's just glad to hear your story mm-hmm. and yeah. know it's out there. And that you like fun stuff. Yeah, and I, I just relate to you because <clears throat> I always feel like I'm writing on a level and I, I have my own, you know, writer's rooms and stuff like that with these independent projects that I do. And I'm always like, do I really want to go on staff? I feel like I'm like already mm-hmm. on a producer level at what I do. Do I want to go back? Right. But I mean, of course, you want to make the money. Right. And yeah. you want to still get experience, right. of course. Right. But like um, there's a program right now that one of my friends is referring me to um, to submit to. And I'm looking at my application going, and I'm like, I had to literally pray on it last night going, is this what you want me to do? Mm-hmm. You know, because I got all these other things right here that could just go do like what you're doing. You put me right, right to the co-EP room. You know what I mean? So I'm like, should I or shouldn't I? And I'm like, okay, I'm just going to go what you want me to do, whatever I'm supposed I'll to just do. Put you it know what I mean? It's going to flow. Yeah. yeah. And you could, you, know? you could submit and then decide it's not for you. And right. Because who knows what will happen in right. four months by the time it comes up. You who, know? who knows? Yeah. That's, that's really the takeaway is just Definitely. like you never know what the path is going to be until you're walking on it. Mm-hmm. That's true. But and just write just, every I motherfucking know, day. And, and you if you don't, you smack write. yourself. That's what I'm saying. Write every day. Like writing, 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 and then you said, "You know what? I don't want to write on a show. I want to write mm-hmm. my own show." And you're writing. <laughs> I suppose even like every couple of months, you get not even. Well, a- that's what they say. Like you want to, you you want this job. Like no one is going to give you the job, so you just have to start acting like you already True. have it. Yeah. So if you want to be a showrunner and you want to create your people. own scripts, mm-hmm. then start creating your own scripts. Because mm-hmm. like I found out. There's no path from being a PA to being a director because mm-hmm. what you're doing is a bunch of PA work. <laughs> <laughs> That's funny. No one ever said like that PA, he's really hustling the shit out of getting that coffee. Let's put him behind the camera. No. Like they don't say that, <laughs> but they do say like, oh, you did this web series mm-hmm. and you wrote this web series and let me give you a job as a writer. Right. That's deep. Well, let's go on that note. That's that's what's up. Mm-hmm. Thanks, Miles. Mm-hmm. Thank Great you guys. Episode. Thank Great you guys episode. for having me. You got a little something quick, or you want to get into the don't sleep? No, no, I could do it really quick. All right. And since Miles is here, and uh, oh, you know, you can follow me on Twitter, Miles Orion oh, Feld, well, 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 Instagram. No no, 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 this is this All is that. trivia <laughs> stuff. We're gonna get to. We'll get to. She does this little thing. She calls the clap back. And then no, we, and then we'll get into back. your. But but. What I actually want to do is like the thing that I did before. I thought you guys were kicking me out. No. Okay. No, 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 no. I'm switching to WebView. I want to just think um, 
I did it a couple of weeks ago, where I, and you've probably seen this before, where I love this thing where I like to hear what movies were originally called, because I have to think about movie titles, and mm. titles are everything. And if you have a really bad title, the movie might not sell. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to give you the name of the original title, mm-hmm. and you tell me what the movie eventually became. Okay. What it was I, called. I, I like this You guys game. ready? Okay, here we go. The Cut Whore Killings. The Cut Whore Killings. This movie actually did really well. How long ago? Uh, I'll give you a year. 1992. Okay. Cut whore killings. The Cut Whore Killings. I don't know what that is. Whore is your genre, man. You should be crushing <laughs> this. No, she said whore. <laughs> whore. Whore. But, but it sounds like a dual whore. It sounds like a thriller it's, to me. Well, I'll whore. say whore as in W-H. W-H. Like hoe. Yeah. Okay. W- the Cut Whore Killings, yeah. but yeah. whore. Cut Whore Killings. <laughs> do, do, do. I don't know. We're Unforgiven. Stumped. That was called? Yes. Unforgiven. How do you get that? Was the, okay, here's the next okay. one. <clears throat> Head cheese. Head cheese? Head cheese. What year? 1974. Oh, hell. If it's Kramer it versus like Kramer or some shit. It sounds like a comedy with the name Head Cheese, but... And which, head, is an, wait, which is an The awful. Head Cheese. That means somebody it's important. Just, it's just Head Cheese. Not the Head Cheese. Just Head, head che- Cheese. One word. I have no idea, then. The Texas Chainsaw Massacre. What? Yes. No way. <laughs> I should have known that. That that give us one more. Give that one more. that would have been a flop. All right, here's one for you. So we have to we have to be real outside the box on these <laughs> guesses. I'm serious. I'm, we're, okay. I'm not, we're not even close. Uh, tonight he comes. Tonight he comes. That's definitely a 2008. Horror. Tonight he comes. 2008. Guess who? And it's not a horror. Oh, it's not a horror. horror. Don't that sound like a horror title? Tonight, I was about to say, Tonight guess who's coming to dinner? <laughs> or guess who, the remake. Tonight he comes. Tonight he comes. Hmm. Hancock. Really? Mm-hmm. Oh, I should have known that. That's yeah, the Will Smith awful. movie. Yeah, it is awful. So titles are very important, oh people. God. Yeah. Man, that's if your title is that yeah. bad, you should just write yeah. untitled Miles Fell <laughs> Project. <laughs> oh, <look>. Plus, <laughs> it's misleading. Because immediately, since I heard that, I thought, uh-huh. oh, horror, terror, Sounds thriller, like you know, yeah. murder mystery. Anyway. All right. So that was like a little fun trivia. So, Miles, on this next segment, good. That was yes. good, though. So on this next segment, we're going to get into, this one is called the Don't Sleep On Them segment. This is where we usually, you know, read something from a young writer who people don't know about. But since everybody knows who you are now, since you're the man sitting next to the man, mm-hmm. you know, sitting over on his You're the man in this situation, right? <laughs> <laughs> the man we're next actually, to the man. We're actually going to read something, just a little scene from one of, um, one of Miles' scripts. Oh, um, this is from Miles' Yeah, scripts. it's called Aftermath. Tell us just a little uh, quick logline on what this is, Matt, Miles. Uh, this is about a unlikely group of heroes that start to um, investigate a mass shooting that takes place in a museum and figure out that it, they're unraveling a conspiracy that goes up many levels of government. What genre is this? This is like a, it's a thriller. Mm-hmm. Um, it's probably the tone is somewhere between like a 24 and a homeland, somewhere in there. Okay. Like okay, right cool. now we're, we're going out to cable networks. So probably like FX or something like that. Mm-hmm. Okay. I can see that. All right. Let's get in. Aftermath. <clears throat> Exterior. Smithsonian morning. An army of police cars jump the sidewalk around the museum. Cops pour out of the vehicles and form a perimeter. Interior. Smithsonian. Early Republic wing morning. The dead are everywhere. All is still except for the blood creeping quietly across the floor. On the other side of the room, the door to the janitor's closet seems to pull the energy of the room into it. Exterior, Smithsonian Day. Selena Parker, 30, 
any race, but not white, <laughs> furiously tries to finish her cigarette before stepping under the yellow tape, keeping a throng of reporters out of the museum. She's attractive, but doesn't like to call attention to it. She flashes her credentials to two uniforms standing in her way, like she's flipping them off. Federal Bureau of Investigation. Selena is tightly wound, ready to snap. She looks to the uniforms to give her an excuse. They step aside. Max Liu, 19, Asian kid with a mohawk, pushes his way to the front of a growing crowd of onlookers. The gawkers point their smartphones at the museum, hoping for a glimpse of the carnage. But Max looks upset. He yells to a passing cop. What's going on in there, bro? The cop doesn't respond. Hey, I'm talking to you, man. Selena surveys the crowd with her cold stare. Her eyes fall on Max. In a sea of people, they lock eyes. Max slinks slowly back into the crowd, disappearing among the anonymous sightseers. Holy moly. Look, let me tell you what jumps out first. Go ahead, first. get it, get it. A couple things. From the very, very first thing, it says an army of police cars jump the sidewalk. Uh-huh. That is such smart visual mm-hmm. writing. Like, that popped immediately. Because most people say, they drive up mm-hmm. and jump out. The cars jump the sidewalk. So immediately I know, this is some serious shit about to go down. <laughs> uh-huh. Second thing I noticed also is the next uh, scene, mm-hmm. the dead are everywhere. Not just bodies laid mm-hmm. out. The dead are everywhere. Mm-hmm. So immediately, I visually get like, oh, shit. There's just like, <laughs> shit. So you Carnage. get the jumping of the car. Yeah, it's like mm-hmm. that on there. And then, of course, you know, I got to love the Selena Parker, you know, <laughs> tries to finish her cigarette. That's why I wanted to read this. Furiously tries <laughs> to finish her cigarette. I mean, I love the fact that you're just keeping it open to anything, but not the usual suspects. But also because it's just such a character thing. She furiously, mm-hmm. not she's finishing her cigarette. Mm-hmm. She furiously. It's like, God damn like, it. It's movement. Like uh-huh. this thing is constantly moving. And then, of course, we get Max, right? Mohawk. Hey, what's going on here? And just immediately, just she locks eyes on him and he disappears. Now I'm curious, like, what the fuck was that about? Mm-hmm. And I want to turn the page. Mm-hmm. So this is like one of those things that you read and you're just like, holy shit, what's going mm-hmm. on next? And it's clearly just from the visual language itself. He's got a lot of words that are doing a lot of work without having to put a lot of words. And yeah. you have to respect a script that does that. Mm-hmm. Where immediately from the line, the like immediately, police cars jump, oh shit. An army. An army, of police okay. Cars. That's important jump too. Jump the sidewalk. Exactly, okay? not pull yeah. Up, not screech yeah. to halt, they jump the sidewalk. Mm-hmm. So immediately you're like, all right, shit's popping. But it's constantly moving. There's movement in this all the time. And just, you know, furiously, um, she holds up, like she's flipping them off. There's lots of movement going on. Mm-hmm. And a lot of angry movement, a lot of agitated movement. So it's, you know, what we love, creating That's curiosity. That's my voice, agitated. That's not Seriously <laughs> <laughs> writing this. Uh-huh. But it's one of those things that, you know, really strong female character, even though we know we, the suspect, mm-hmm. the word strong, you know, we really assertive character, like she ain't, she's not the one to be played with. Exactly. And that is hot. If you got a female character in your script and she's just like assertive and she's just mm-hmm. like in control of that stuff, well, trip. People eat it up. I mean, there's there's a lot of things in here that I like, but here's something subtle that you wrote that really jumped to me that I was like, hmm, only a real writer would, mm-hmm. would be able to sneak that in. He says in that second paragraph you were talking about, mm-hmm. he says, on the other side of the room, the door to the janitor's, janitor's closet um, seems to pull the energy of the room into it. Mm-hmm. I'm like, hmm, what is he trying to say right there? You know, it just keeps right. your mind being curious right. to little things. Well, I'll tell you something. Go ahead. Um, I hate writing camera direction Mm -hmm. because I just feel like as a director, I don't like to read that, Mm -hmm. even though in TV you have to sometimes. So if I'm writing a pilot, I never write camera direction Mm -hmm. into it. 
I just try to lead them to what I right. think. So like in my mind, that's like a dolly shot. Right. Okay, yeah, but yeah, I didn't yeah. want to write like we dolly towards the janitor's <laughs> yeah, closet. So I'm like, you figure out right. what you mm-hmm. figure out what the best way to shoot that is. Mm-hmm. But this is what I want it to feel. But like. But that's what it feels like when you're reading it. You we well because we do we read scripts. But it's mm-hmm. like if, if, immediately that's the first thing I thought. Like okay, this is like a dolly shot coming in. Like you know things are happening. But that shot is kind of moving in towards that that closet. Yeah, thing. it's a slow motion it's a almost. Slow it's like a without having to say it, mm-hmm. and it's like your mind and your eye actually goes to that anyway. So if you're a director reading that, mm-hmm. you're all right. That's it's almost like shot. one of those moments in a horror movie where somebody's walking to the door and then they show their point of view as they're mm-hmm. creeping up right before the hand goes to open the door and then there's nothing there. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? It's almost like one of those moments. Um, but I'm just going. Tackle back on something you 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 were just talking about when you say Selena Parker thirty any race but not white, and I was like, see that now see I know my man. Mm-hmm. That's something that I love about you, Miles. I'm just gonna say this: Miles is a white dude. Just for y'all who don't know, now here's a cool thing: Miles is the only motherfucker I know in Hollywood who's a young cat who writes characters that are not anonymous, but you know what I mean, where they're just ambiguous. They, it doesn't matter what the fuck they are; they are not your typical character. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. You make sure. You put it in fucking parentheses. Like, like hey. I'm letting you know, bitches. <laughs> don't be coming up here parading the next whatever you know what in mean? here. Like, He's like, she anything. is not a white girl. Right. Don't give me typical stuff. Right. She don't have to be black. Because I, I know what they're going to cast right. in, that, exactly. in that part. And I'm just like, I'm tired of seeing that mm-hmm. same performance. And the only mm-hmm. thing that's ambiguous is like the name, Selena. Selena could be Latina. Could be. Selena could be a sister mm-hmm. of last name Parker. But mm-hmm. that, so you do have some, you do you do give little hints that, you know, any person could play that role, you know, whether she's Asian, Latina, Native. Mm-hmm. Let's give it up for our Native people. One last thing. Mm-hmm. Selena is tight wound, ready wound. to snap. Wound. Sorry, tight wound, sorry. This is my accent. Tight wound, <laughs> ready to snap. Mm-hmm. She looks to the uniforms to give her an excuse. They step aside. Okay. That tells you a lot about, remember we talked, there was another one we were reading a couple weeks ago, and we were kind of like, well, we're not really sure who the character is, though, by the way they did that. Mm-hmm. Yours is like, this is the type of bitch. Mm-hmm. <laughs> she looks at them, gives them a certain look. Like, I already know what the fuck you guys are going to do. And they're like, oh, shit, here comes this bitch right here. And that's here. something that, <laughs> you as know? A, it, I, I think that's a little line or something in there that an actor would love. Mm-hmm. Like, how, you know, what, how can I attack this particular, how would I look and do that? You're giving something to the actors, too. Mm-hmm. You know, something they can play with. Mm-hmm. And then you, um, what I like about this character is you have this scene where you see that side of her and then the very next scene when she goes into the museum, she has to stop her hands from shaking. Mm. So you see like immediately the there's a vulnerability. Yes. Yeah. Because that there's nothing more corny than having a woman who's strong all the time Just or a, a t- man who's chick. always tough. Yeah. Like when you're in these type of jobs and stuff, stuff happens. Stuff may hit you later. Absolutely. But giving us a sense of realism, like, mm-hmm. yeah, in this situation, I have to deal with this stuff, but mm-hmm. just those little touches of the handshake, like, okay, she's human, she's vulnerable. It makes her relatable. Feel, yes. Yeah, totally. You know, totally. I think certain writers, they miss that. They just make these these cartoon character caricature characters mm-hmm. who are like the stock tough all the time. Mm-hmm. It's like people we don't we don't like that. If That's you're true. still writing characters that are walking away from explosions <laughs> slow, <laughs> casually, then yeah. unless it's <laughs> like tongue in cheek right. yeah. and there's like something blowing up behind them and they're just walks like meandering <laughs> can we, away. Can, hair blowing. can yeah. we kill that scene oh and never God. have it again, please? Yeah. <laughs> well, good job, Miles. Mm-hmm. That was a great one, man. Thank you. Guys. That was aftermath, y'all. Mm-hmm. And w- what's going on with this one? Would you say? 
Uh, we have producer. Uh, we're talking to the studio right now. They're mm-hmm. having me um, cable it up because originally I wrote it for like broadcast. Because okay. so it's I got took, a darker I, tone though. Yeah, so yeah. You could, you could but easily... I took out all the shits and the assholes mm-hmm. and like I toned down the violence a little bit. Okay. And now, you know, and I've, there's probably a little more exposition mm-hmm. than okay. I would have written typically. Mm-hmm. So now I'm doing a cable pass, which is like really fun. I'm like, he, right. they don't need to have this, you know, exchange. Yeah, like good. they could just look at each other yeah, on cable. Yeah, like yeah, we yeah, just yeah. have that. The actor right. could figure mm-hmm. that out. Right. Mm-hmm. So um, that's what I'm doing right now. Ooh. We're getting it re- ready to take out for cable. That's mm-hmm. what's up. Well, that's on that note. That's a good place to go with it. Thanks, yes. man. This was a great right. episode. Thank mm-hmm. you guys. So I much know for the me. listeners, they're going to get a lot of game out of this one. Um, you have a really interesting story. And uh, congrats to the girl. That's what's up. I call Thank it a girl. You. It's my own thing. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, where can people find you at, Miles? Uh, you could check out the web series at AmericanCoco.com. Mm-hmm. That's K-O-K-O. Or if you just search on YouTube, American Coco. How Coco. many episodes do you guys have? We have six episodes up okay. the first right, season. Yeah. And um, DR is writing the second oh, um, nice. season right now. Uh, you can follow me on Twitter, Miles Orion Feld. Mm-hmm. Uh, and on Instagram, Miles Orion one. Okay. And on Facebook, I don't accept random people. So <laughs> <laughs> that's what's follow up. me on the other stuff. I feel you. What about you, Lisa? Uh, I'm sorry. I'm sitting here following Miles on Twitter. <laughs> I'm typing this info in here. Um, uh, you can follow me on Twitter. Hmm. <laughs> I am embracing. <laughs> You got it. Because usually I tell people don't follow me on Twitter, yeah. but you can follow me on Twitter. <laughs> and uh, in the next couple of weeks, you should be able to follow me uh, with Bitch Flicks. So I'll be writing on their staff, writing about film um, from all genres, Good. bringing them some classics and I'm some looking foreign, forward. and just bringing a feminist gaze. Mm-hmm. And don't l- let me tell you something, people. <laughs> Do <laughs> not be a, don't be afraid of feminism. Mm-hmm. Everything you've been getting from me on the show, it's my form of feminism. <laughs> it's my this basically is so let me tell you what's up. So. Basically, that's what I'll be bringing. It's just going to be fun to be able okay. to write anything I want about films that I enjoy, especially the genre films that I don't get respect, like horror. Horror gets no respect. Get no respect. No I know. Respect. I sound like Rodney Dangerfield. No respect at all. <laughs> no <you know>? wolf. <laughs> and a little bit of the I turn into the lion. <laughs> anyway, well, thank you guys. That was a great episode, Miles. Lisa, Lisa, Coat Jam. Thank you. Oh we appreciate it. And um, I am your host, Hilliard Guest. I almost can't even say my own damn name. Hilliard Guest. (laughs) (laughs) And you guys can find me on Twitter, uh, at Hilliard Guest. If you want to follow the show on Twitter, uh, Screenwriters RR. Um, If you guys want to send us anything you want to submit to be in the uh, Don't Don't Sleep On Them segment, you know, even though y'all ain't as famous as Miles is, you know, you know, as, as big time as he is he and stuff like that. Pretty soon, y'all. <laughs> That's why I he told him the other day. I told him Miles, I said, Miles, I got to get you on now because you know you, I ain't going to be able to get you, you on. Yeah, in a it's going to be a time when his assistant's going to be like, okay. uh, he'll be like, Hilliard, who? I'll be like, year. we go way back. He don't, he don't remember me. <laughs> as, long, as long as there's a fan, I'll, I'll, I'll be back. <laughs> we can open a window or we'll something. Do a, yeah. We'll do it in the winter time yeah. next time. Yeah, exactly. I'm sorry about that buddy Mm. anyway so again screenwriters rant room you guys and again i'm hilliard guest and i'm on twitter facebook instagram linkedin all that stuff so y'all know what to do yep y'all know what to do that's right (laughs) we're gonna keep it street what keep it opinionated and keep it what 100 peace y'all you know what what you gonna do one thousand two? I'm gonna do one thousand and two. <laughs> 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 All right, let, let, here we go. Let's do it again. 
We keep it street. Uh-huh. We keep it opinionated. What? We keep it what? One thousand two. two. Oh. Peace, y'all. Ciao. Everyone got one. What's your opinion? This is the ramp room. Tongues won't be bitten. Ain't no rules. Just spill it and anybody can get it. No limit. We get to kill it. You tuning into the thrillers. And no, ain't no stopping. No. Any topic. Even the random. I hope that you're ready. We entering in the zone soon. We on a grown shit. Welcome to the ramp room. Ah.